We have entered week four of the Grow Two series, and the theme is saying yes to God in a divided world. But in order to understand the theme, we have to understand the gospel passage of today. And in order to understand that, we need to understand the background to the gospel passage. It is an accepted fact that the Luke or the evangelist Luke of the Gospel of Luke also is the author of the Acts of the Apostles. So he was the traveling companion of St. Paul and he wrote the Gospel of Luke and he also wrote the, Gospel, I mean, the Acts of the Apostles. And if you actually take the last chapter of Luke and you take the first chapter of Acts, there is somehow a flow. They see Jesus going up and then they come back and their mission begins. So it is a continuation. Now because Luke was a traveling companion of Paul, he would have most likely seen the destruction of the temple or at least been witness to it and also would have understood the persecution going on with the, the early Christians. And therefore, he is writing more out of hope. He is writing to give them that assurance that God is present with them and that they need to have hope. So when you take the passage of today, there are three parts to it. The first part is the destruction of the temple, chapters, um, verses 5 to 6. Then you have verses 7 to 11, which talks about the things that are going to happen. But if you have to really pay attention to the words that are there in the gospel passage, it is more reflective of the things that were happening at the time when Luke was writing. So he has taken it into the gospel to show as if it is going to happen in the future when it was already happening in his time. And what do I mean by this? If you say kingdom versus kingdom, nation versus nation, it was the Romans versus the Jews. It was the Romans who laid siege to the city and destroyed, took control of the city and destroyed the temple. So it is one nation against another nation. When he talks about earthquakes, possible of earthquakes, yes, there is that possibility. But what happens when you have a war? There's everything crumbling. The temple was destroyed. The city walls were destroyed. Those are the big boulders that are falling. There are thuds happening around. The noise of an earthquake is what he's really talking about. He's talking about destruction. When you talk about famines, we've seen in the present war, what happens during a war? There's a lot of times when you have famines because there's lack of food, there's a lot of supplies, etc. All that struggles. People are struggling with that. And that's what Luke is trying to put across there. And finally, when he talks about so many other things that are there, the persecution, which is the last part. Again, we see that is what was the consequence of what was happening at the time. It's not just the city being taken over by the Romans, but they were also prisoners, etc. So he's actually giving us a present situation. And what Luke is trying to do is to give people hope. He's trying to tell the early Christians, have hope because Jesus is present with you. And as long as he's present with you, you should be called to persevere. And that should be your goal in life. And therefore, when we look at this passage, we have to realize that it is not really reflecting so much of destruction and division, even though the words are there of that. What Luke is trying to do is give hope that as long as Jesus is present, as long as God is present with you, there is nothing to fear. It is going to be difficult. Nobody is saying it will not be difficult, but the call is to persevere. So if we look at it as a message for the early Christians, 
there's a lot of value even in the context of the church. Because when we look at the church over its history of around 2,000 plus years, we will realize that the same thing has happened. There have been wars, there have been conflicts, there have been famines, there have been natural disasters, and the church is still standing. The church is still standing because God's presence is there in the church. The church is standing because the church is not a physical building, it is a community of believers. It is a community of the children of God. And as long as we are children of God, God is not only with us, but God is in us too. And what Luke is trying to give the people is this belief that you are called to persevere because the only thing permanent is God. Everything else is temporary. Everything else is passing. And therefore, it was a call to the early church to tell them that the indwelling of the Spirit of God is what allows the church to persevere. And when we take the theme of today, which is saying yes to God in a divided world, it requires perseverance. And therefore, that is what I would like to talk about. But it is here that I'd like to give the sermon a little twist. And I would like to look at the theme of today and the passage of the gospel passage of today through the lens of the God within. We are all a temple of God. And it is the God within, the spirit of the God within, that allows us to say yes to life even when everything around us is falling apart. And I would like to further elaborate this by using the psychology of Viktor Frankl. He developed his therapy known as logotherapy in the concentration camp and he was there for three years. And when everything around the people, the prisoners were falling apart, they were being persecuted and tortured, he realized there was something that was motivating them to go ahead. And among all that he learned, his guiding principle was simply that if you have a why, you can handle any how. Which means if you have a purpose in life, no matter what happens around you, you will always continue to say yes to it because there is a goal, a purpose that is motivating you. And the three whys that he referred to was love, was work, and dignity in suffering. For him, there were many who were waiting to be with their loved ones. And that desire to be with their loved ones is what motivated them to go through the persecution. There were some who were waiting to get back to their work. They were passionate about their profession. And that motivation guided them to stay on and say, no matter what happens, that is awaiting me. That is the hope that I have. And finally, one of the most beautiful learnings of his therapy is that there is dignity in suffering. What he tried to he realized in the camp is that no matter what the soldiers did to the prisoners, no matter how much they persecuted them and tortured them, they could never take their dignity because their dignity was theirs and theirs alone. And that was something very beautiful. So when we take this whole wise, we realize it is so important because it has everything to do with the life of Christ. When we look at the wise, it is the love, the work and the dignity in suffering. Because dignity in suffering for him was very important because he said people collapse only when they give in to suffering, only when they allow their dignity or they surrender their dignity. When we take the life of Jesus, 
we see how these three were so strong. His motivating factor, the hope that he always had, was the joy of being with his father. Everything was the love of his father, and that was his motivation in life. So no matter whatever happened around him, God was his motivation. The same with the mission. We can see a lot of hardships in his mission, but for him, it was always that he was doing the will of the Father. I have come to do the will of my Father, and that was all that mattered to him. That was his motivating factor. But above all, it is dignity in suffering. When we look at his life, as we can see in the Gospel passage, it was always plagued with persecution, especially during his passion. But what he realized is, for, for Jesus, is that no matter what people did to break him, especially during his passion, they could never break his spirit because his dignity was his and his alone. He was the son of God and nobody could take that away from him. And that is what motivated him to go ahead in life. I mean, go ahead with the passion. And I think that is a beautiful lesson for us because when we talk about the passage which talks about destruction, it talks about division, it's not so much about what is happening outside. It is how do I motivate myself to go through life when everything else around me is falling apart. So the destruction is symbol symbolic of brokenness. It is symbolic of the external brokenness that you and I may experience in life. It is also symbolic of the internal brokenness that you and I may experience in life. But it is the indwelling of God the human spirit, which is the spirit of God within us, that always gives us the strength and courage to say yes to life, even when everything else around us is falling apart. And that is what the Gospel of Luke is all about. It is to be able to have that inner strength to realize that God is within me and use that strength to basically say yes to life. And therefore, as we prepare for this week, maybe what we are called to do is reflect on the God within, to reflect on what is it that really motivates me and gives me hope in life. So we can do that by, do, by doing two things. The first is to become aware of the external and the internal brokenness that we experience in life and how does that affect me? How does it challenge my dignity? And the second is to connect with the God within, to connect with the dignity and identity that I am a child of God and how does the strength that comes from it help me say yes to life even when everything else around me is falling apart and collapsing? Amen.